praise the Lord for this uh, blessed time of worship that we've had. And praise the Lord for the presence of the Lord amongst us. We want to encourage uh, Yvonne and Lisa to give us uh, such beautiful worship more often. I am convinced that we have more treasures in this church that we don't as yet know them well. Uh, therefore, we want you to cooperate with us so that we can get to know you more. Uh, particularly in the area of the gifts that the Lord has given you. Uh, uh, if you remember a few weeks uh, ago, I was preaching to you about a particular topic, which was the, our relationship with the Lord. And it is an ongoing topic. We will continue with it today. And I am sure that you haven't forgotten the points that I mentioned. Uh, we touched on six points, and now we are going to study the seventh one today. I'm not going to test you today because I tested you a few weeks ago. I will just remind you what they are. Uh, just to remind you, the first point was that our correct relationship that we have with the Lord has to be two-sided. And we analyzed this and studied this in one whole meeting. Uh, the second point was the relationship that we have with the Lord has to be clear and uh, honest. And the third point is that the relationship that we have with the Lord has to be out of love, based on love. The fourth one is that it has to be a friendly, intimate relationship. The fifth point is the relationship that we have with him has to be alive and vibrant. The sixth point is the relationship that we have with him has to be one that gives us revelations from the Lord. You cannot find such a criteria and such a relationship in any other religion. And we are delighted that we can have such a relationship with the Lord. 
Brother Edward says, if I pray with him but don't uh, create a relationship with him, I will stop praying. Even the simplest prayer that we do before eating, I will not pray that prayer if I feel that through that short prayer I'm not creating a relationship with him. I do pray. I do pray, but I also want to be aware at that very moment what it is I'm participating in. We learn a lot from our children. They asked the child, why do you love Jesus? He gave a very apt reply. Because when I wake up in the morning, Jesus wakes up with me. And when I go to have my breakfast, he's there having breakfast with me. When I'm collecting my books to go to school, he goes to school with me. During the lessons we are together. Uh, during the interval we are together, he's there playing with us. And when the school ends, he holds my hand and we come home together. This is what a relationship is all about. And this is the life that we have been called to enter with Jesus. And praise the Lord for such a relationship. Praise the Lord that we can enter into such a relationship. Prayer should not be out of habit, out of duty, in order for us to ease our conscience, so that He doesn't tell us off if we haven't prayed. Uh, in order to show to others that we are Christians. I told you last time. Uh, before uh, Brother Edward found the Lord, uh, his mother used to tell her every night, before sleeping you must say the Lord's prayer. And this was tormenting Brother Edward. Uh, out of habit he was doing it towards the end he tired of it and sometimes brother Edward would fall asleep without praying and his mother would wake him up and a couple of times he got good slaps from her if you don't pray you might even turn into a cockroach please pray might, uh, the Lord might get very cross with you and turn you into a mask. Please pray. And out of fear, Brother Edward used to say the uh, prayers. And he had decided in his mind that when he grows up, not only he will not pray, but he will rebel against the Lord. So right from the beginning he was lying. How could I have called him my father? He wasn't my father and I wasn't his child. 
But praise the Lord that now I do know what I Jesus told the Samaritan woman, you are worshiping, worshiping a God that you do not know. We worship a God that we do know. The, uh, the point that we are stressing today, the relationship that we have on the Lord, is it based on an assurance we have about him? Or do we approach him with doubt and with anxiety? Second Timothy, first chapter, verse 12. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Um, this is a very important point, um, and this verse is very important because it shows us the quality of the relationship that Paul had with Jesus. He even stresses that while he's going through suffering, he is convinced whom he has believed. And no obstacle, no uh, problem can bring doubt between me and the Lord. If uh, Apostle Paul was present here today, and if we put him the question, why do you consider loss that what is valuable to you? Uh, why are you prepared uh, for others to ignore you? Why are you prepared with humility uh, to be a long-suffering person? Why are you prepared to make sacrifices? Why are you prepared to give up your life? Do you know what his answer would have been? I know whom I have believed. And I have assurance towards him. Uh, what a powerful statement. You saw the film a few weeks ago on a Saturday night about our martyrs. Um, one of the martyrs was Brother Haig and for whom Brother Dimaj gave his life. A wonderful man. He was in prison for 10 years for his faith. Two and a half years he was in solitary imprisonment. It is amazing how he kept his sanity in those two and a half years. 
He had no watch, no books, no magazines, no papers, no light in that cell, no sunlight. A tiny cell when he wanted to stretch out and lie down, his feet touched the wall. And no facilities for toilet. A dreadful place because Brother Edward has visited such a place and it's awful. Even breathing is very, very difficult in a place like that. They had tormented him so much in order to get him to lose his sanity, so they could say that he was insane. That's why he changed his religion and became Christian. But not only he did not lose his sanity, God gave him grace and he had more wisdom. And when after the term of the solitary um, imprisonment was over and they bring him to prison with others, he starts complaining because he says, when I was alone, I had a wonderful time with the Lord. What a pity that there are others and they are interfering with my time with the Lord. And one of the guardsmen at the prison said to him, you know, just on the face of it, with your mouth, not from the bottom of your heart, confess that you deny Jesus. In your heart believe, but by your mouth confess that you don't believe Jesus and will release you. Confess with your mouth, then we'll close your file and you will go free. Then when you leave the prison, carry on your Christian life. At the time he was 60 years old. He said, until I'm 120, there's plenty of time. In other words, if you prison me another 60 years, I will not make such a confession. Another time they approached him with something else. If you see in your dream that Jesus is come to you, and if Jesus in your dream tells you that after Jesus another prophet is going to come, meaning Muhammad. And Jesus in your dream tells you be a follower of Muhammad. Will you listen to Jesus then? At that time I'll throw myself at his feet. I will tell him, if you want to send me to hell, send me to hell. If you want to hang me, do so. Whatever punishment you have for me, feel free.
But I beg you, whatever you do, don't separate me from you because yes. you are my chosen one. Kezem sirum. Because it's you I love. Yes, because I want to be in your bosom. Brother Hike said that we should all of us sacrifice ourselves for yeah, such and give value for people like that. Yeah, and he had total trust in the Lord when he was freed from the prison. They gave him freedom for five months and then finally they murdered him. And they said that the terrorists had murdered him. We have some very um, unruly people in Iran, very wild. At that time, Brother Edward put a question to the Badger. When Brother Edward put this question to Brother Dibaj, he said, Dibajjan, when you were in that horrible cell, did you ever think that there is Brother Edward, Brother Hike outside enjoying freedom in the warm, comfortable place with their families? What kind of righteousness is this for me to be here? Why should I be in such a predicament? Armenian New Year, Iranian New Year, all the festivities. Should I be away like this way from my family? Didn't you become despondent, lose all hope? He said, of course, now and again, I used to get like How did you overcome them? The first step that I took every morning in the name of Jesus, I ordered these negative thoughts to depart from me. And the second thing was that I had a conviction that there is a purpose why I am in this cell. And God has a plan for me. Therefore, I had assurance in him. That for the purpose that he had for me, he has allowed me to be in this situation. And that helped me never to become bitter. Brother Edward has never met such a joyful man in whole of his life. His smile never departed from his face. His face shone. Time and time again we asked him, how did they torture you? How did they torment you? Not once did he want to talk about such things. He was in the heavenly places. Because he had that close relationship with the Lord. Uh, once Brother Edward and Brother Sam went to visit him in the church, and when they encountered him, they saw that he is not really living here. He is in heavenly places, and by comparison, 
They considered themselves very poor and very wretched. He had so many spiritual things to share, victorious things to share, joyous, full of um, life. And when he finished sharing with us what he had, the spiritual things he had to share, then he said, now your turn to speak to me. Neither I nor Brother Sam could find anything to say to this man. We said, no, Brother Dibaj, you continue. You are free. We are the ones who are in bondage. What was the reason? Because he knew whom he had blamed. He had assurance on the Lord. He had assurance on the plans of the Lord. He had conviction on his promises. He had every belief and assurance and trust on the plans that the Lord had for him. And he believed in the love and the mercy of God. And he had assurance that God is faithful. And he had the assurance that the Lord reigns over every situation. I want to, in this connection, read to you from Job. Um, let's uh, read and see what fantastic word Job is coming at under very um, intense, difficult circumstances. Job I do know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes and not another. It says, how in my heart, my heart yearns within me. What kind of circumstances was he in when Job was uttering this? When everything was good for him? When he still had his children? When he was in perfect health? He gives an example. He says, my kidneys are damaged and destroyed within me, but despite that, I know whom I have believed. And I know that my Savior is alive. What a powerful relationship he had. 
we have been called to trust the Lord. Even in the most difficult circumstances to trust him. My brothers and sisters, this word to trust is a very important word in the Bible. Sometimes we think because we haven't stolen anything, uh, we haven't had an immoral life and we're not doing anything. We haven't been murderers. Yeah. We are not alcoholics, we're not after drinks and nightclubs. We don't bother other people either. We're quite all right then. Uh, we're not really living in sin. But do you know what is the biggest sin? The biggest sin is when we don't trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. The word of God clearly says anything that is not from belief based on belief is sin. And the best, ins- the worst insult that we can give the Lord is when we don't trust him. Uh, I'm sure if I put this question to you, your answer will be the same. Uh, what is the best insult to you? Uh, when you feel that your relatives, they don't trust you. Uh, if I go somewhere and I uh, feel that my, the people around me don't trust me, I won't want to stay there. Uh, in a friendship, if there isn't trust, that friendship will not uh, continue. Uh, if a couple do not trust each other, they've lost their trust, that relationship will not last. We very much want people to trust us. And if we are somewhere but we don't feel we have that trust from others, that place will feel like hell to us. We who are human beings with so many failings have the desire to be trusted by others so much. And if we don't get that trust from others, we feel awful. We will feel very hurt. That is a big insult. Now, let's go and turn the question to the Lord. In his supremacy, Uh, all the might that he has, all the knowledge that he has, all the uh, ruler that, uh, leadership that he has. How do you think he feels when he sees his creation does not trust him? Would he not feel hurt and insulted? 
in the word of God, there are many blessed words that has been given us, but some other things that are very heavy and deep. Uh, Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and cursed is the man who does not trust the Lord. Which one do we choose for ourselves? Don't we want to be delivered from that curse? All the promises that have been given in this book has been through people who have put their faith in the Lord and have trusted him. And in reverse, whatever punishment that has happened has happened to people who have not put their trust in the Lord. Uh, I don't mean to say that whatever happens in our lives is punishment because after all we are in the Lord and we do encounter difficulties. And I don't believe that and it's not right to believe that every sickness that I have is a curse from the Lord. Because after all one day he is going to take our life from us some way or other. But I'm referring to the part when we have raised the Lord's anger towards us. Uh, we see that David loved the Lord, trusted the Lord. That's why in return God loved David a lot. Because he had a beautiful relationship with him. And once he started counting how many soldiers he had. Do you think it's wrong for a king to know how many soldiers he has? But this is uh, the unit for God. But something that is not wrong for us in our eyes is wrong in the eyes of the Lord and the Lord punished him. Uh, I have given you so many victories. Was it because you had so many soldiers? Why did you not trust me? This is what the Lord expects from us also. Whoever draws close to the Lord has to believe that he is and to believe that those who draw close to him he will give them satisfaction. Now I want to study this part. Nobody can be pleasing to the Lord without faith. You can't get clearer than that. 
No one will be pleasing to the Lord if he doesn't have faith and trust the Lord. So let us pay attention, my brothers and sisters, to this point. Because in this way alone we can be pleasing to the Lord. I want to leave you something that I want you to go home and study it. I want you to follow it. And next week when you come, if every one of you can uh, give me a verse related to that, I will be delighted. Of course, in two weeks time, because next Sunday, brother, it was not Brother Edward wants to hear a verse from every one of us related to what he's going to say. This is the point. Give me a verse that uh, the Lord has given to the people whom they trust the Lord. Brother Edward has come across 65 of them. So therefore, every one of you can find one. Uh, never mind, I'll let you off if two of you share the same verse. I want you to come back and share with me the verses, the promises that the Lord has given to those who trust him and they take refuge in him. Uh, I want to bring my preaching to an end with a revelation that the Lord gave me last week in order to tell you again what kind of a Lord we believe in. The Lord manifests himself, introduces himself to us, the father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And time and time again this has been written both in the Old and the New Testament. Has this not been an issue for you? Why is the Lord introducing himself in such a way? And I want to share with you what the Lord gave as a revelation to me. Very clear, very short. Who, who was the father of Abraham? The faithful God. A God faithful to his promises. The Lord promised Abraham, when he was 75 years old, that I will give you a child. It took 25 years. He stood on his promise and he fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Whatever he has promised, he will fulfill. And he wants us to trust in the promises he's given us. 
He will not be unfaithful to us, disloyal to us. Because of Sarah, halfway through, he stumbled a little bit and he tried to help the Lord. And Hagar appeared on the scene. What a pity. And to this day, the offspring of these two women are fighting one another. As a result of one mistrust, one mistake, the whole world is suffering today. And we hear every day what is going on between Israel and the Palestinians. But let us trust faithfully the Lord, the father of Abraham. But he also says that I'm Isaac's father. Who was the father of Isaac? Father of miracles. Someone who made the impossible possible. Is it possible for a hundred-year-old man and a ninety-year-old woman to produce a child? But it happened. Against nature. Against science. I should not say against science. I should say over and above science. If with my finite mind I don't understand something, that means it's over and above my understanding. You can't trust Isaac's God because he can change the impossible to possible and do miracles in your and to show you his power. But who was Jacob's God? A wonderful God. Um, Abraham and um, Isaac were maybe superior people. Jacob was not so. <laughs> he was a proper Jew. And he had the cunning that the Jews are well known for. And his mind was working quite well. He was quite crafty. And he had a lot of confidence in his own ability. Uh, he, he was he, um, conned by others, but he was conning others himself. But he reached a point when he hit rock bottom after he had done all he had done he realized how much he needs the Lord and he started battling with the Lord and asked the Lord to change him asked him now what is your name Jacob from now on I'm not calling you Jacob you are Israel and from that day onwards, his life changed. And he started 
taking refuge in the Lord, not to his own knowledge, not to his own strength. Who was the God of Jacob? A God that is capable of changing. A God who is capable of changing a man from north to south. Don't convince yourself that I'm not able to change. Don't say that yesterday, today, and tomorrow I'm not going to be exactly the same. If God changed Jacob, he can change me and he can change you. Praise the Lord, he is a God of change. Can you trust such a God? The father of Abraham, faithful to his promises, father of uh, Isaac, the God of miracles, the God of impossibilities, and God of Jacob, a God that introduces change, that can bring change. And this is our portion also. Please stand up. Let us trust him. We are going to sing a song which is very famous. We want Yvonne uh, and Lisa to come and sing this song we do it in English and in Armenian and let us trust him. Ամենքը <speaking in foreign language> Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, please help us to bring you joy in the areas where we've hurt you and let you down. We don't want you to be dissatisfied with us. We want to bring you joy by our trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.